welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, we are back with another episode of the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. And this week is a monster. We celebrate 30 years of the Metallica Metallica album, also known as the Black Album. Boys, y'all ready to do this? I'm ready. How about you guys? Anthony, you got a catchphrase this morning? How about uh, Exit Light, Inner Night? It's the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. That's not Fair bad. enough. I'll take that. Better ones. <laughs> I didn't have anything this week. This one's a hard one. These serious uh, yeah. albums are hard to it's come pretty, up with. Pretty so. fitting for us waking up I, early and doing it this morning, no too. Sure. Dude, it's a morning episode. <laughs> That's off the top of my head, man. Monster so, yes. album. Yeah. That's great, man. That's great. All right, boys. Well, let's. Uh, we know this is going to be a long one. It's 12 songs long. Let's get this started with the first track, Enter Sandman. Chris. You know, it's it's hard to review a song like this because obviously we both know we all three know where this is going to go. Um, I mean, but from that arpeggiated intro throughout the booming drums, you know, this is a special song. This is the first single from the album, the Black Album, nineteen ninety one. Every single second of guitar, bass, and drum, vocals, breeze, iconic. I mean, clearly it's iconic in my mind and probably everybody's mind out there because this song is used not just as Metallica destroys audiences, but also <laughs> in many, many sports venues, high school, collegiate, and professional alike. So, guys, it's going to be a quick one. Solid 10. Absolutely. 100% 10. I love everything about it. The solo fits. I mean, this is harmonically perfection in Metallica's world. What do you think, Chris? It's funny you mentioned the... Uh all the sports teams playing this when they come onto the field or something. And, yeah, right. You know, a team that does that is is Virginia Tech. And uh, <laughs> I saw pretty funny, you know, they lost to West Virginia yesterday. And West Virginia's social media team, like, 
had a picture of like this Mountaineer football player, and below it it said "Exit Sandman." It was <laughs> yikes! <laughs> that's pretty nice yikes. troll job by those guys. Doesn't that, Wake Forest come out to that too? No, they, uh, they had a big song like that when we saw them play Wake Forest. I thought no, it was they, Sandman. They've never the played under Sandman that I'm aware of. Okay. Anyways, uh, I thought it was them. They had something. Pretty sure they just like have the, the band fight song. Anyway. Uh, yeah, for this, man. Uh, yeah, Anthony's right. right. It is Anderson Sandman with Blake Force, too. They don't play that when they yeah. come on the field. Yeah. They I do. don't think so. You yes, think? they do. Yes, sir. Oh, well, maybe. I don't think they do anymore. Maybe they did a long time they ago. They did when we had season tickets. Uh, trust yeah. me, I remember that. Okay. Well, <laughs> well regardless, it, it is played a lot. A, I mean, the local high 10. school we go yeah. to watch games does the same thing. But uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, as far as the song, man, uh, it is easily a 10. Uh it kind of ushered in new Metallica. I kind of remember the the music video. I didn't look it up or anything, but didn't weren't there like a rig driving around just plowing yeah. through stuff? And the, yeah, <laughs> it's a chasing a kid. Uh, it was chasing a kid down. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Uh, I mean, I will say it's slightly overplayed, but I mean that said, it's the tremendous song uh, and it's one of their most iconic, actually. So yeah, easy ten. Fantastic, Anthony. What do you think about the Sandman? Yeah, man. I, you know, I just I love the build up, the way the song ebbs and flows. Incredible guitar solo. It's a 10. If there is such thing as a flawless song, this is definitely one of them. It's amazing. Uh, it's an amazing way to lead in an album. Amazing way for Metallica to announce their new sound. Uh, yeah, it's iconic. It's a 10. But it's only sixth all time. But that's probably just because it got played a little later in their career. <laughs> probably. Not, you know, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. 1,361 plays in concerts. So, uh Amazing. Yeah, so I, I do have a little bit of song facts on this one, but I'll I'll shorten it a little bit. This was a pretty interesting part. Speaking with Uncut in 2007, Hetfield said, I wanted more of the mental thing where this kid gets manipulated by what adults say. And you know, when you wake up with that stuff in your eye, that's supposedly been put in there by the Sandman to make you dream. So the guy in the song tells this little kid that he kind of, that he, that he kind of freaks. He can't sleep after that, and it works the opposite way. Instead of a soothing thing, the tables turned. And it was, a, I think, initially about infant death syndrome was what he was going to do, and they kind of changed the lyrics a little bit to, 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 you know, to not be as gruesome, I guess. You know, you, you're dealing with the Sandman's different than dealing with infant death syndrome. It's a little easier to have a song that's popular when you're not talking about something so... Uh, so horrific. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, but yeah, sorry I messed up there just a second. Got song facts has something out of whack. They have editing issues sometimes on there and throws me off. So, anyways. That's, that's cool, man. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. All right, fantastic. I, a little another known secret. I don't know if you guys know. Bob Brock was the producer of this album. It was the first time Metallica went to him. His son is the one that says the prayer with James during the song. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Sure enough, man. I remember uh, that Metallica podcast I was telling you guys I've been listening to for the past few weeks that they've been dropping about once a week. It it talked about I never knew it until this week. And heck, you know, it's 30 years. I'm a huge fan. But you, geez, you'd think I'd know that one. Had no clue. What, what's the name of that podcast, Jimmy? It's just called the Metallica podcast. It's That's something Metallica released. They've got some, uh, it's a woman, I can't think of her name, but she's got a British accent and she's going through it and asking them stories or telling tales. And I, it's like they're all sitting in the same room. I don't know if they're all sitting in the same room or not. I'd like to see the video behind this, but it's actually a pretty cool conversation. And they're interviewing everybody. I think Newstead's in one. Bob Rock, of course, is in a few. Um, 
They're asking other metal stars. It's it's pretty cool. It's it's good all around. So another thing. podcast of, among the twenty or thirty I listen to already. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I know. I Don't give Anthony any more podcasts, man. This whole week is filled with Anthony. podcasts. That's <laughs> what I do dude. when I clean when I clean the house, take the kids to school. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, every morning I drive to work, I listen to podcasts. Don't feel bad. All right, well, let's get up to track number two. It's called "Sad but True," Chris. Metallica and their truly first down-tuned song. Metallica comes out, Hetfield belts. If you want heavy, Metallica brings you heavy and proceeds to decimate the audience night after night with this tune. This is a pounder, guys. I mean, it is a head-banging fest. It grooves and pulsates throughout. Once again, this song, the production is absolutely flawless. I mean, this is exactly how you want to start a record with a one-two punch. It's unforgettable. Very similar to the Master of Puppets battery into Master of Puppets. Holy crap, guys. Fantastic. Once again, the praise continues. Iconic. Every sense of the word. Ten. You know it from the second it starts. Chris. Yeah, man, the riff is so heavy on this song. It's just like that when you hear it. It's just, God, it just gets your head banging just right from the start. I mean, I think it's my favorite song on the album, guys. I'm not going to lie. Yes, sir. I, it, it is, it, I've always loved this song. And that guitar tone, and I, I'm going to be a broken record tonight because I have that in a lot of my notes. That guitar tone is so fantastic. I, and I guess it's Hetfield's, right? I mean, I don't know what kind of rig he yeah. uses. Uh, but it's a boogie. He's an underrated uh, rhythm guitarist, by the way. No. He's a boogie, that's right. Uh, underrated. <laughs> he's underrated. He's not. Uh, he's people, absolutely. People know he's. Okay. They know he's the man. Strongest. I mean, everybody's giving game. Kurt, you know, praise all the time. But anyway, yeah. uh, man, it's uh, it's such a singable chorus. Those those riffs. This one, man, you just roll the windows down. And you just flip that volume knob all the way up. I mean, you're just sitting there, like. Unlike last week, I put my notes. You know, you could actually. <laughs> it was nice to have, have an hey. album that when you're not ashamed and traffic to have hey, the windows yeah. down. Nice absolutely blasting. That lead album's a good album, man. You guys. Well, I'll nice. admit, during okay, <laughs> the lead album, I was not windows down cranking that when we were driving around. But uh, yeah, for this one, I, you know what? Uh, numbers. I, I did a little 
cheating and looked uh, on Anthony's site there. Number seven all time in concert, over a thousand plays. I agree. If I needed any ammo to, to to back myself and say this is iconic, it is absolutely iconic. It's a ten. Fantastic, Anthony. What do you think about it? Yeah, man, that uh, that intro is so loud and powerful that I think if you had it big enough speakers, it would rattle your windows. It'd probably rattle the floor. I mean, it's so heavy, it's crazy. Uh, and the song, you know, is just it's bombastic, which is the word I love to use sometimes, but it truly is a bombastic song. Right. Uh, killer song, killer guitar solo. I mean, Kirk, he's on fire on this album. The entire band sounds fantastic. Work start to finish. Yeah, it's 1,342 plays, so it's a... It's a big one in concert. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to go to 10 on this one, too. I was on the fence between 9 and 10, but you Does guys kind of convinced me. No. <laughs> I do. I don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to change your mind, but it's just we're talking, I, I looked at I it. Try to go the week, off, he, he said he didn't think it was a 10. I was like, Anthony, this is a 10. <laughs> well, the thing is, I look at the – there's three on here that I know are 10s immediately because they had videos and they were popular. This is one of those I don't remember – Having a video, they had a video. They had a video and it Did was they? Okay. Well, let's make this one a 10 then. I'll give this an iconic too because I was on the fence. Uh, there are a couple little quick song facts on this one. Um, this song is about blind faith in religion and the lengths people go to to practice their faith. The line, I'm inside, open your eyes, means that God only exists in people's heads. That's some heavy stuff. Uh, James Hetfield got the idea for this song from this 1978 Anthony Hopkins film Magic, which is about a ventriloquist who is controlled by his evil puppet. And I think I might have seen that years ago. I'm not sure, but I think I did. But yeah, it's a 10. I'll go with the 10 on this one, man. It's iconic. So, you know, guys, right, convince me. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. There's another trifecta. All right, kids, let's move this up to track number three. It's called Holier Than Thou. Chris. This song absolutely has some blistering fast riffs. It is an absolute, just a showcase of James Hetfield's talents. Complete tempo change as far as his wrist is going. It's insane. The solo is honestly fantastic. It matches sonically to this song so well. 
and the lyrical concept of this song i mean my god this i mean we can say it's about pretty much every song on here his lyrics are just insane how much he can make your mind think about just the world in general and what beliefs are judge not least ye be judged yourself that's just something that rhymes it's hilarious you know you you've got all these people that are holier than you and telling you what you should be doing but yeah you look into their private life and what do you see ignorance stupidity and the same things they tell you not to do i love the song not my favorite one on this album but man that's got one of the most brutal riffs ever and i got to see them play this live uh on jimmy kimmel the other night i think it was and uh holy really? crap guys yeah, I saw it on YouTube. I didn't see it on the show, but you know, I saw the playback, and it was, uh, my God, dude, he still sounds the same. It's insane. His voice has changed over the years, but it's amazing how well his voice has held up. Man, this is a solid song. I think it's an excellent track. I gave this one an eight. Um, you know, well, you know, great, I should say, but I gave it an eight. I'm solid on that. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, it's a it's a great tune. Uh, it, I love the up tempo kind of vibe going on to it. And you're right, that guitar solo is just blistering, man. It's fantastic. Uh, you mentioned James's vocals, and uh, I think it's probably it, he can maintain them so well because he doesn't really, like, at least with the stuff from the Black Album and on, he doesn't really, like, strain his voice that much when he sings. It's right in his registry, you know what I mean? There's there's some people like, like poor Joe Elliott, for instance, that guy, man. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> I don't know how you can't for 50 years maintain but that. It's he impossible. put himself in that hole from the arts. Yeah. He did, but, <laughs> Back but like for, for Hetfield, man, I mean, he's that's the reason I think he's, his vocals are still so good because he it's like it's right in his register. He, and he doesn't like, I guess in the earlier stuff, like maybe Kill Em All Days or something, he was kind of straining, but not Well, now, no, I don't so. know if he was straining. He was a kid, man. We're talking about yeah, an 18-year-old yeah. guy, you know, just doing they were what hard, he could you do. Know what I mean, yeah. some of those oh, yeah, screams absolutely. and stuff he did in that. For sure. Yeah. Again, passes the crank test. I'm I'm with you, Jimmy. I gave it a little higher score. I, I do oh, cool. think it's. Uh, um, I gave it an eight and a half. I think it's. Uh, I don't think it's anywhere near. I mean, it's not iconic, but man, it, it's a hell of a song. So yeah. I thought yeah, kind of between great and excellent. So yeah, yeah I, I'm trying to believe me. This is going to get ugly in a few minutes for me. <laughs> just so y'all know, um, and I'm trying to curve this as much as I it's, can. This is man. There's so much nostalgia. <laughs> there's no way you can't temper Jim, this a little. You bit. don't need to curve right, it, Jimmy. Right. If you love it, Dude, just just go I, all I'm going to. I will sing its praises at the end. But yeah, let's. <laughs> all right, Anthony. What do you think about Holy Now? Yeah, I'm right where Chris is at an 8.5. Uh, it's very thrashy and heavy. I think one of the thrashier songs on this album. Uh, once again, everything works. The band is firing on all cylinders. And it's nice to hear that little bass breakdown towards the end. Give Jason a little nod for a change. I know he get yeah. kind of left out on Injustice for All. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I thought this one might be a little higher in concert. Only 89 plays, 71st. So I thought felt like it might be a little higher, but... They got so many great songs, it's hard to play all of them. Uh, this one, actually, there's a couple song facts, but the funniest one is right here. In a 2001 interview for Playboy magazine, Hetfeld rated this as one of his sillier songs. So I'm wow. not sure exactly why he calls it one of his sillier songs. And Bob Rocket thought it was about him initially, but uh, Hetfeld said it was about his irritation with those in the music industry. So this, No kidding. Yeah. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah, wow. So, songfacts.com, man. Go there and they got everything on Every song on the Black Album has got something on it on this oh, one. I'm, I can't imagine. That's awesome, man. So, there's fantastic. some really good little tidbits that I too much to mention on here. So try to pull out some highlights. 
Oh my gosh, man. That's awesome. All right. Well, kids, let's roll this up to track number four. It's called The Unforgiven. Chris. You know, The Unforgiven, there's so many places we could take just samples from because it all goes so well. This is a, a song that absolutely flows. It is, and contrary to what some may believe, this is not a ballad. This is a mid-paced one for Metallica. Um, I think that uh, I, I absolutely love the in, the acoustic intro to this. And this song, simply being that different pace, makes it stand out on this record, not unlike another track we're going to encounter later. Um, but this is where Hetfield begins to open up and show his true singing voice. And this is our first taste because he really doesn't do it pr previously to this. Um, and when his voice comes out, guys, it is absolutely one of those things that is just magical for somebody who can belt out master of puppets blackened. And then you hear him come out and sing like this on the unforgiven. It's fantastic. Um, Lyrically, I know this is a, a, I think this was about his parents, how they raised him. I'm not 100% sure about this, Anthony, but I've, I've yeah. heard tales that he's basically talking about, you know, I mean, they've sheltered him his entire life. So, right. you know, when we come out and he finds out what the real world's like, but um, nonetheless, this is one of those videos that came out and it's a little bit disturbing, but uh, it's iconic. I mean, this is, a, this is a 10. This is another one of the singles. I can't go anywhere else with this one other than this was one of those ones you were shocked to hear at first and then it grows on you and you realize how awesome this riff is. The solo, once again, matches this song perfectly. You can't complain about it. Chris, what do you think about The Unforgiven? You know, for a lot of, of the crap that they got from the, the old school purists that, that didn't like their thrash. Ridiculous. Uh, uh, yeah. I, you know, the thing, the thing that they didn't catch is how lyrically powerful this album is. Because a lot of these songs cut real deep with James and a lot of the meaning behind these songs, especially one that's coming up down the road. But uh, yeah, man, that, that, lyrically, this is such a good album and it's heavy. I mean, it's, yeah, maybe it's not as thrashy, but I love the, the way they've tuned down their guitars and just like those powerful riffs that come mm -hmm. through, man. I mean, you get that here. 
I would argue this is kind of a ballad for them, Jimmy. I know you said it's not, but I mean, if for, as far it's as potential. Metallica goes, it's it's a <laughs> it's as ballady as those guys get. Uh, Almost, yeah. I, I kind of wanted to pull a guitar solo on this, but it took a while, and I was just like, eh, I don't know if I, you know, I couldn't get much else besides <laughs> the guitar solo, but I love the guitar solo in this one. And yeah, you're right, singing voice, James shows it off, and he's he's good at it. Uh, I'm with you. I gave it a 10 as well. I know we're, <laughs> we're a lot of 10s thrown out tonight. I promise not everything on here is a 10 for me, but no, it's front-loaded, everything. Man, so. It is definitely front-loaded. All right, Anthony, what do you think about The Unforgiven, sir? Yeah, Chris said something a minute ago about fans and not wanting to adapt, and I get it, but I get so pissed off at people like that. that just They won't give a band a chance to change their sound. That happened to Death Leopard in the late 90s, or they tried it, because I know Chris mentioned Joe Elliott, but... You know, they tried to do slang, which we're going to do eventually on this podcast. And uh, then it didn't work. So they tried to go back to their 80s sound. In the late 90s, going back to their 80s sound, which is ridiculous. And I pretty much think that sunk the band. Where Metallica didn't do that. They're like, screw you guys. You don't like it. This is what we're doing. Get on board or get off. And look where they are. So I kind of wish more bands would have that moxie, you know, and say that. But this song, man, it's a 10. It's iconic. It's an easy one. You guys said everything I meant that I was going to say. The guitar solo is on fire on this one. Uh, James truly I mean, proves what I'm going third I, tonight. <laughs> you didn't, didn't it's okay. Much meat it's left okay. on the bone. It's okay. Uh, I've got I tried limited to time careful. till the kids get off everything upstairs. So <laughs> I'm okay to go a little less tonight. But uh, yeah, I mean, James proves what kind of vocals he's got on this song. He sounds amazing. Kurt sounds amazing. Everybody sounds amazing in this song. I thought it would be higher in concert, 22nd all time, 509 plays. But again, I guess they just had more they'd rather play. than. I think guess they'd rather play their heavier stuff in concert than their, their ballady stuff. But uh, there are a couple song facts on this one. The most interesting one was from... Uh, the classic albums, uh, the black album on this show called Classic Albums, said James Hetfield explained that the intro was taken from the score of a Western movie and reversed so it would not be identifiable. The band won't reveal the movie for legal reasons, but it is probably the 1965 Clint Eastwood movie for a few dollars more. So that was kind of interesting. I know they come out to The Ecstasy of Gold in it, right? Yes, they do. Which is from The Good, the the Bad, the the Ugly. The Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. So... I, that makes sense. It lines up because that's part of that spaghetti western trilogy that Clint Eastwood did. A few dollars more, the man with no name, I think. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So, lines up well. So, anyways, yeah, I mean, that's a ten. It's iconic. The awesome. <laughs> Before we move, I, I put something in my notes here, that kind of pertaining to what Anthony said. I was like, you're either constantly changing or you're getting stuck in the past. That I. I believe that when it comes There's to music and so if, if you're gonna be one of these you're gonna that. be a dated band who is like a has-been if if you don't constantly change and, and don't change for just because the, the fans sake of changing. change right exactly change with what your band feels yeah, and what as they you like progress right yeah right i mean not to get back to leopard again but i've seen him twice in the last 10 years and once back in the late 80s what i heard in the 80s is what i heard the last two times I'm most I don't want to go again and see him because I've seen all those songs so many times live that I feel like I'm paying for a ticket to see something I've seen three times already. Where Iron Maiden, I'll go see them every day of the week because they're always got something different going on. Metallica the same way. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, not to harken on that, but 
Oh, that's that's fair enough, man. I do. When it's on your that's mind, my throw box. it out. <laughs> Stay on the box. Stay on the box. All right, let's uh, let's keep this soapbox rally going. Track number five. It's called Wherever I May Room. for me to go ahead and sing some more praises kids first of all (laughs) this is absolutely the best hitchhiker slash backpacking song i've ever heard in my life (laughs) second man lyrically inspiring uh, to take this into concept basically giving away everything you've got and walking away from it all and loving it hetfield man he can make lyrics that just hit right it sounds like this is what's supposed to be in this song the the very beginning of it it's got some kind of like an egyptian sound going or or something of that nature i know that uh, kirk's playing some kind of different instrument i can't remember what it's called it's but, an electric uh, sitar sitar that's right yeah and i know he was he was talking about being kind of inspired by ravi shankar back then when they recorded this album and you, you know what it's got that gypsy feel to it you, you know what i mean and yeah. i Good God Almighty. This was a single as well, and this one right here, I, I can tell you, one of the, uh, beyond this thing, being a 10, guys, because it's iconic, uh, let's face it, uh, but m- some of my favorite lyrics that ever written by Metallica is at the end of this one. He says, carved upon my stone, my body lies, but still I roam. <laughs> Talking about not continuing his journey. Not his journey never ends. Death right. is just the next step. It's pretty cool, man. It's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a deep song. I love it, man. So what do you think, Chris? I couldn't said couldn't said it better, man. I, yeah, it's funny. Uh, you do get like mental pictures when you're listening to music, and and you can kind of see yourself on some uh, camel caravan going over the Sahara with wind <laughs> or like sand hitting you in the face, like you know, just like like one of these Bedouins or something. Right, <laughs> I don't know, right. man. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> would you pay to see me on a camel out in the Sahara, Anthony? I would said, like the other see that. <laughs> I would love to see that, actually. That would be hilarious. Yeah, with this song, I'll tell you, I, Lars actually shines for me on this song. I feel like drum-wise, it's one of the best on the album. And he just, I don't know the way he, I guess he uses those double bass kick drums and just like, he, he really kind of goes above and beyond on this song. You're right, lyrically, it's flawless. Uh, 
What'd you give it again, Jimmy? I didn't catch your score. Oh, I gave it a 10. It's iconic. Did you really? I mean, yeah, I gave it a 10 because this is one of the singles and it's a beast of a song. You don't have to go that route, dude. It's yeah, just like I, I said, did. I'm an idiot. I probably should have. I guess I was giving so many 10s. I was like, okay, I got to dial it back here. Somewhere. I know. I, that I said, know. I did give it a 9. I think it's an excellent song. And maybe it is a 10. You know, it's it's hard to know what to give 10s to on, on an album like this because everything feels so personal because it's so nostalgic. And I don't know, man. You know, back in the 1990s, one or whenever this came out 91 yeah we didn't have satellite radio and we didn't have i mean this wasn't getting played on local radio stations i mean i can tell you that so it's hard to know exactly i guess there was some mtv maybe that was your barometer looking at mtv and see how many videos came out i don't know but yeah i gave it a nine maybe and i apologize <laughs> if this is a 10 to the metallica fans out there no nah, dude don't have to apologize. i love it it's a great song yeah heck yeah and nine is excellent just so everybody knows nine is excellent all right anthony yeah, I'm, I'm sitting right between you guys. I'm at 9.5. I don't think it's iconic, but I also think it's don't think it's just excellent, man. It's an amazing, amazing song. I mean, I wrote it's a, it's a powerhouse from start to finish, and James' voice really helps to drive this song forward. He sounds great. Lars sounds great. Uh, Jason sounds great. Kurt's killing it on guitar. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing song. Fourteenth uh, all time in concert with 811 plays. And I thought a little funny quote I found on Song Facts uh, that Kirk Hammett said that uh, after the tour was over for wherever I may roam tour, he said, I bought a house last year that I haven't even seen yet. So that shows you how much <laughs> road warriors they were. So, Dude, yeah. that's awesome. And apparently Jason plays a 12-string bass on this, and there's a cracking sound in there that you can hear. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard, but yeah. maybe I'll listen to her next time I hear it, so. Yeah, just a couple little song facts on that one. You know, uh, Anthony, you're bringing up stuff that I remember seeing. They had a um, an album. They had a video that came out way back. In, I want to say it came out about the time this album was released. It was called "A Year and a Half in the Life of Metallica." It's when they oh, recorded yeah. this record, dude. And I it was, that. And I remember seeing the twelve string bass section, dude. It is great. It's a great video. It's it was certainly was. It, it, I haven't seen it in years, but I, I do want to go back and watch it again. I can't. I'm sure I don't have the VHS anymore, but that's what I had it on it's back. It's probably on YouTube. VHS. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But that's great, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm glad you guys gave it as high praises because, believe me, fanboy was standing in their place on this album, and I'm glad you guys are semi keeping me grounded on this one. But you guys are right there with me for the most we're part. Probably so as much cool. Probably as much a fanboy yeah, as you are. Fans this too. Album, but let me yeah, ask. Not, let me ask not you as guys, retarded as I am. <laughs> what, as far as these twelve-string basses go, is there any actual reason to use something like that? Can you not get any? Other than it's just sonic off. octave doubling. It's uh, it's basically like having three four-string basses together. So it's octave tripling, Chris. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's, and it's, it's going in all kinds of different ranges. Now, granted, I don't know what the thought was behind this, but I think because the sitar has so many strings, that's probably what they went with as far as trying to, uh, keep that in line. I'm just my guess, my guess, but it still work as look guys, let's face it. That song is harmonically perfect. I mean, it's incredibly, it's incredible how it's put together, but she's all right. Enough praise. Let's move on to track number six. Don't tread on me, Chris.
All right, so don't tread on me. Another thrasher. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of in between that mid pace and that full full range thrash for them. Um, it's got an incredible groove. It's got incredible riffing. Um, you know, we were at the uh, cusp and they're right in the middle of Desert Storm when the song was written, and I'm pretty sure that's a lyrical concept behind this. I mean, this is a massive song to the military. I remember this one being basically when they were attacking Hussein's palace and they were just going across the Mideast. Apparently, they were cranking this song through their tanks and uh, as they were just rolling through, destroying shit. So, um, you know, lyrically, I know it's kind of crazy, but he's dedicated. I think the song is based on the uh, libertarian flag, the Don't Tread on Me flag, and the thought and process behind that. I guess, uh, that party, if you will. Um, but he was speaking as, I guess, a young man, cause he would have been what, how I was, I was 18. He would have been 28 when he wrote this song. So when you think about that, he still had, he's probably full of piss and vinegar at the time to secure peace is to prepare for war. That is the motto the United States has lived by for 70, 80, hundred years. Maybe we have to be prepared for the worst. And we, we have been for the most part. And you know, as, we, as we know, in 2000, what, 2001, we kind of were hiding away and we got caught with our pants down. And then they, yes. they opened up a sleeping giant and we went to war with them for 20 plus years. Nonetheless, I love this song. I think it's an excellent tune, regardless of the lyrical concept. I just love the riff. I gave it a nine. I know it's high, but that's how I feel. Chris, what do you think about Don't Tread on Me? It's funny you mentioned the, the people riding the tanks playing this because actually I didn't know that, but I wrote this in my notes. I said, if I were a fighter pilot getting ready for battle, I'd have this cranking in the headphones before I took off. I mean, because, you know, I think those guys listen to music, get them hyped up for, you know, they do. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen up there. But uh, that, that's funny you said that. You didn't mention this, but do you guys notice the. Uh, little nod to West Side Story at the beginning of that, that America song playing. and that da, Yeah. Da, 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 da. I was yeah, like, what? that's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't well, remember that from back in the day, but at the time I probably never had watched West Side Story or anything about that. But, yeah, like when I when I heard that, I was like, oh, I forgot they did that. And I, I mean, it's got to be what that is. I mean, I'm sure they just kind of threw that in for some reason. I think I read that somewhere. That yeah. That was. yeah, I don't know why they did that, especially in a song like this, but they you know, kudos to them. Uh, yeah, I really like that marching cadence to this song and just kind of like dun, 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 that, that whole, right. I don't know, man, it's, 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 it's like really a neat theme vibe. to battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about desert storm going on, but I guarantee you, you're right. This might've been kind of like something written for the troops over there. I gave it eight and a half. I think it's, uh, between great and excellent. So yeah. Fantastic. Anthony, what do you think about don't tread on me? You know, I, I dropped an eight on it. I think it's a great song. It's not one that, uh, I don't know if it's as grown as well with me over the years, but sure. I still do enjoy it. I think the motto, I think with everything going on in our country right now, songs like this sometimes, I don't know. They kind of bug me a little bit with this arrogance we have a certain Keep things, in mind, this was written back way I know that I know, I know, on, so. I know. And I try to separate past. I do that all the time, separate. When I watch old movies and stuff, I say, this is a 70s special effects, not an 80s, but you know, that kind of thing. I do get that. But it's, sometimes it's hard for me to hear songs like this for that reason. And it's a great song. I mean, I, I gave it an eight. Um, sure. I mean, I, I wrote that uh, Lars is killing it on drums. The song itself is another speaker tester. It's loud in your face. 
you know, if you wanted to go into a fight, man, this is the song to start cranking. Throw on this, some Pantera, some Five Finger Death Punch, and you're ready to go to war, man. I'm telling you what. And I think they, Five Finger Death Punch, they have a lot to do with the military, too, these days. They have they a lot do. of tours, and they're big in the military. So They are. Uh, you're right. Uh, you know, Kurt shredding it again on this one, man. Dude, dude can play. <laughs> He's really showing his skill on this. But uh, 17th all-time um, in concert. I mean, 17 plays all time, well, 101st. So they haven't right, played right. it a lot either. So maybe. No, just on the black those, tour, the way I understand it. Yeah. So it's maybe just one of those songs they were like, yeah, we just play it for the tour and that's it. Move on. But it's a great song. I don't have any issues with it. I like it. Cool. It just, I don't know. Sometimes with, like yeah, I said, things going on, just, I don't, sometimes I don't like that macho mentality. It drives me nuts sometimes, you know, just the, the bravado and stuff. It just gets to me, but, you know. Anyways, uh, personal opinion. <laughs> that's right, man. You're, dude, it's all good. You know, um, it's. I'm sure there was a lot of piss and vinegar in his veins at the time. You got to think sure. about it. At know? his age, so has to be. You know what I mean? So and plus with this album being a new sound, and dude. they knew they were going to fight all their fans that were going to go against them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm sure that was probably played into this song too a lot. So. Good Lord, yeah. Here we go. God, you're right. That that gives it a different dimension. It altogether. does. But this might have been just like this is to the fans. Don't tread on me, kind of thing. You know. I don't yeah. Know. This is my my band, my song, my group. We like do what it, we want to do. Don't tread on me. What's that? Yeah. If you don't like it, f off. Right? Yeah, pretty much the attitude they've always had. I think. All right, let's go to track number seven. It's called "Through the Never." Chris. <laughs> This is another song through the never is where you could pick a couple different spots to pick, you know, the, the sample for us. And cause I love the intro to this, that absolute frenetic, just riffing. It's reminiscent of Blacken's riff. Just so you guys, dun, 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 dun. it's like the inverse of that. And it's super fast, super hard to play. Um, but the very end when he screams never at the very end, there's so much passion in that. I, I think it's great. Um, and this is one, I'm going to use one of Anthony's words. This is a bombastic tune. <laughs> it <laughs> absolutely it's is. And that's, as I listen to this, you know, that's the one word that came to my mind because it is just pounding you. I, um, 
I think it's an excellent, excellent song. Um, this bass is incredible driving this song. We can talk about the bass all day long because they finally turned it on in this album. But um, holy crap, guys. I think, once again, I'm no longer in check. I am not giving a crap. It's a nine. I think it's excellent. That's fine. Chris, bro. what do you think about uh, Through the Never? You're kill me, man. Chris, Go ahead and kill it, dude. That's okay. Oh, come on. I'm Why sorry. is this your flush? I think don't try okay. No, no, no. I'm, I'm curious to see what the man. number score is. <laughs> Well, it's still pretty high. I, there, there aren't any low scores on this album. But, but yeah, okay, first off, let me just say, uh, that intro kind of reminded me of Cowboys from Hell. That, that dun, 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 the way it kind of starts. Yeah, I don't know. That's right. uh, I definitely got that vibe from that. Yeah, I, I said it's a very good song, but I don't feel as connected to it as the rest of the album for some reason. I, I guess the, the chorus doesn't stand out as much to me on this one. Uh, I will say Kurt's a standout it almost has like a little more of an old school vibe to it like it's funny you mentioned uh, uh what was the battery you said it sounded like or black no, it sounds like black and the because uh, yeah. it blackens you know that beginning is really fast triplets and this is the inverse of that so it's pretty pretty massive okay okay one second we got to mention that <laughs> what was that i don't know it looked like it had it was like a prominent orb flying around here i screen. have never seen that before oh so side, chris but... hates the song the orb light ah nice. No, i'm chris. saying that orb actually came towards the camera and lit well, up I, I will say this it's the it sun. Might be this the sun is like in the background <laughs> it's like coming in on my screen i've seen that orb like three or four times floating yeah, around the orb likes right. good music let me tell you man i've, I've noticed okay. that Enough, enough of the spooky right, stuff. I know it's getting orb, close I'm to sorry. Halloween. <laughs> the orbs mad at me too. <laughs> I just it came right at the camera. You piss off the orbs in your house, man. I can tell you. Uh, anyway, wow. man, uh, Kurt, Kurt does a great job on this. He's a standout, and it does have that old school vibe to it. Uh, I hated giving it a flush. I gave it seven and a half. I think it's uh, between very good and great. It is my lowest score of the night, and it's a still a really good song, but. I'm not as connected to it as the rest of the album for whatever yeah. reason. So. Fair enough. You know, um, Metallica liked it so much they named a movie after it, but let's keep going. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty good movie, too, actually. It's, it's actually solid. Yeah, it's a great show. Uh, Anthony, what do you think about Through the Never? I, I dropped an 8.5 on it. I wrote that uh, it works. Uh, not much more to say about it other than that. Um, I love how they created the chorus in this song. I think it's a pretty cool little little technique they did on it. But, uh, yeah, right. you know. It's it's bombastic. That's a good word for it. It's just heavy and loud, man. <laughs> right on, uh, man. Right on. Two hundred forty-three plays, thirty-fourth all time. So yeah. decent little concert rotation. So, well, sure, sure. Yeah. That's fantastic. So I'm glad to see that me and you are right, and Chris is wrong. I'll take that any day of the week. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Nonetheless, let's get on to this. Uh, oh my God! Here we go. Oh goody, 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 goody. Track number eight. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Chris, play. Ballot boy, likey. Life is ours, we live it our way Hold these words I don't just see And nothing else matters Trust I seek and I find in you Every day for us something new Open my
cut it off right before that part. How funny. How funny. <laughs> the right. guitarist, a little bit more do you want, man? <laughs> yeah, I just love how it goes through the... Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Nonetheless. Yeah. All right, so here we go. Can't please you guys at all, man. <laughs> I, no, dude, you did a great job. I'm not complaining at all. I love right. that best part where he's like, yeah, and then that guitarist. Yeah. Like, I had to get that part. So. Yeah, it's killer. It's killer part. All right, so here we go. And this one hits hard, boys. Um, the first listen to this, you're like, what just happened? What is going on <laughs> as a Metallica fan? <laughs> but at the same time, as I'm listening to this, and I, re- I remember this vividly as I'm listening to this, the very first day of on, you know, release back in 91. I remember thinking, oh my God, what is going on here? And almost bringing a tear to my eye thinking, why? What's going on? This is not Metallica. <laughs> but it was because <laughs> I do, because it's an emotional tune. Yeah. This is not what you expect to hear from the best thrash band around. You know what I mean? Especially, you think The Unforgiven is going to be your loop. You're going to be your ballady song for this record. And then it goes to this, and you're like, whoa, what the heck? Then you start listening to it, and you start hearing the lyrical concept behind it. And I'm not sure how deep this is, but Anthony, I'd, I'd, years ago I'd heard that this song was actually dedicated to his guitar. It's a song <laughs> well, about see, his guitar. I read that it was initially about a girlfriend, and now they've kind of forgotten what it's about. So now they just say it's for the fans. Oh, nice, nice. Well, that's that's cool. But I remember him talking about a. I mean, of course, it might have been just how he interviewed him back then. But I remember reading this in one of those magazines I used to read back in the day, like Circus or some crap, and um, him saying that this song is dedicated to one of his, you know, old Gibson guitars. Um, but nonetheless, this song's a killer, killer song. It's absolutely fantastic, and you don't really hear this a lot for their slow songs, but. Seems like everyone they do is excellent. This is iconic. It's a 10 in every sense of the word. Chris, what do you think? First note here is, well, we've turned into full-blown pussies now, haven't we? But uh, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> nah, jokes, jokes, jokes. Be nice, I, Chris. I, I, really, nah, man. This is an easy 10, guys. I mean, I, I appreciate the slow build on this song. And then when it I, I grabbed my favorite part of the song, when the way that solo kicks in there it's just like i don't know almost like a crescendo it kicks and then it comes back down builds again uh i will say that that uh it's a little repetitive i mean they pretty much sing the same stuff quite a bit i'm not i'm not complaining gotta I'm find just, a knock don't you just gotta find a knock don't you man would you I, say I will that, say Jim? this uh, yeah no, i know i get it i get it. you know that's that's funny you say that because it is it does have a repetitive feel and you know this is the only song on the album that hetfield does a solo right yeah, oh, I didn't notes, know yeah, yeah, it's the only one he does a solo on. Yeah. And another thing, I don't know if y'all heard this this week or not, but um, uh, who was it? Elton John made the comment this past week that this is probably the best Metallica song ever written and one of the best songs ever written. That was from Elton John. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. He, he did this song on the blacklist, he did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Him and uh, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. So, yeah, what's up with that? Haven't a lot of people been covering Metallica songs? They recently? have. It was just something that Metallica reached out to bands and like they had an overwhelming response to. Yeah, I'll be glad to do this. And yeah. was it this song? I mean, it was like a lot of people they did were doing song. the same song. Yeah. Well, uh, Darius Rucker did this as well. Jason um, Isbell's got a song Staple did too. this. Uh, Isbell did. Staple, Sandman yeah. didn't he? He did. No, one he, did of them. he did. I think he did this one. Did he John, do this one too? Uh, John Pardee, the new country star. He's uh, he's got one on there too. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, guys, there's, it's, look, when you see it, when you have numerous artists that are not metal, 
recording your albums <laughs> or recording your songs. It's this says a lot. That's probably because yeah, it's anniversary it. for the album. Yeah, regardless, yeah, it's a ten. I an mean, easy ten. I mean, what is it? Number eight in concert of all time. So I mean, is that, it really? Holy, yeah, it's crap. over a thousand plays as well. Quit so still my notes, guys. <laughs> wow. you don't you don't get to do that all the time, man. <laughs> all right, go exactly. Ahead, Tell him, Anthony. What do you got, buddy? It's a ballot. It's Metallica. It's a ten. <laughs> How Nicely that? said, sir. Next. Nicely said. I mean, it's one of my favorites by them. James just proves what kind of vocalist he is, man. It, it's oh an amazing God. song. Killer guitar. I mean, the guitar solo comes out of nowhere, and it's so beautiful and so well done. But, yeah, man, 1,237 plays all time. So not much more you can say about it, man. It's an easy, easy 10. I've loved this song for a long time. Even when it first came out, I was like, man, that's – that's an amazing song. It, it, it took a lot of a lot of balls and a lot of moxie for Metallica to do a song like this. Just think about that. They came off of four pioneering thrash metal albums. Right and they're like, screw it. Let's do a ballad. <laughs> and they did it. And I, well, arguably Fade to Black is a good ballad. But, uh, well, but <laughs> Fade to Black still has a higher thrashier spot in that oh, it one does in the middle does. absolutely exactly it builds mm-hmm. to a thrashier even one builds to a thrashier point yeah, it's say one too yeah but uh this one never gets to that uh never gets to that that point so anyways yeah it's a 10 it's iconic you guys stole my song facts so have at it so <laughs> yeah <laughs> there we are i love it <laughs> i mean tom's in concert <laughs> Guilty. All right, guilty. All right, here we go. All right, so with that being said, let's move this up to track number nine. It's called Of Wolf and Man. So, of Wolf and Man, as this song starts off with that boom, 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 and then the riffs start kicking in, this is what's crazy about this song. You got James playing the down, and you got Kirk playing the up. So, one of them's going dun, 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 dun. The other one's bringing the and, and, and up the opposite. And it's it, it magical how it works when you see it live. on Because I watched this video live a few times this week. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's just freaking awesome. Nonetheless, 
how they play this off and then they join in unison and the dun 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 dun. That is personally, it's my favorite riff on this entire album. I absolutely love it. I think this has got that primal feel to it, that deep bass groove, the drums pounding in the background, and yet lyrical concept of you know being the the wolf on the prowl and the you know kind of mentality and it's almost like a jab at some religion as well uh with them hunting the sheep um you know god i'm gonna say it this is my sleeper on this album i think it's underrated underappreciated i love it i gave it a nine i'm gonna step away now chris (laughs) you put into words uh something i didn't quite know how to explain with the way the that that dan 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 i mean that the way that one's going down i didn't realize that I thought that is complicated as hell. I don't know how they play that, but uh, I guess it's two people playing it. So that well, it's, you got to be in perfect time to make that work, yeah. dude. That is insane. Yeah, that that man is a fantastic riff. And Lars, yet again, man, I love those kick drums the way he brings in. He's just like pounding them, man. It's it's fantastic. It really is. I give Lars a little crap sometimes. I've always kind of had the feeling he's a bit of an asshole, but but I will say that he's he's a pretty good drummer on this album. So. <laughs> Right I shouldn't on, say that. That all comes back from the Napster stuff back in the day. But, uh, and I don't know. I've heard some comments as, 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 regardless of that. Pretty good drummer. Uh, James's vocals pop on this album. Uh, it's really easy to sing along to. You talk about passing the crank test, man. This is one you do not mind cranking oh, in traffic. Yeah. You, just let this, <laughs> you just let this blow your speakers, man. Uh, I give it eight and a half. I think it's between cool. uh, excellent or right there between great and excellent. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. All right. Well, Anthony, what do you think about a wolf and man? Uh, what'd you give it again, Jimmy? What was your I rating? gave it a nine. I'm right there with you, man. I Sweet. think it's an excellent song. Uh, I'm digging it. I love the way it ebbs and flows, the way it drives forward. And I love the energy of it. It's kind of hard not to feel like a caveman when you're listening to this song. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it kind of gets you all riled up when you're listening to it. Uh, that guitar solo is on fire again. And honestly, there are just not enough wolf howls in music these days. We need more wolf howls in our music. <laughs> I you love know, it. I, I, I can't get enough of a good wolf howl, man. I love werewolves in movies. So throw me a wolf any day of the week and I'm good to go. So yeah, 33rd all time with 261 plays. So got a, a decent rotation, but uh, yeah, I'm digging this one. I like it a lot. It's excellent in my mind. Oh, yeah, that's killer. Killer. All right, let's move this up to track number 10. It's called The God That Failed. Chris. smokes 
<laughs> Probably some of the darkest lyrics on this album. But that bass intro is massive. The riff is massive. Um, this is a very, very heavy song. And I, I don't know what all the song facts was, Anthony, but uh, I'm just going to say that from what I understand, this is a, a song that was about um, a family that had a child and they refused to let a doctor do it because they decided to do a surgery or a procedure because they decided that prayer would save the it, child. It's it's in the other direction, mom, Jimmy. It's about oh, was his mom, it? Is it? It was about, his Jim, it was about uh, James's mom. No kidding. They, they were, uh, what do you call the word, that, that special Christian who just – Wants Christian to pray science. everything. They won't uh-huh. allow people to do work on him. They just want to pray. And they, uh, basically, his mom got cancer, I think, and she oh, tried to yeah. pray it away, I guess, so to speak, and didn't let really get a lot of help and died from it because she wouldn't get help. And Wow. You know, some people, I think, yeah, sometimes I was... forget that, that God, you know, whatever you believe and how you believe, don't want to get on the faith train this morning, uh, but... He puts people here for a reason, so to speak, and right. doctors are one of them Correct. to help us heal. So God's kind of saying, hey, look, I gave you the help. Here's mm-hmm. where your help is, you know. So anyways, so that's what yeah, I've man. heard is that, I, you know. Well, I just, I, you know, I, I'd heard that version of it too, but then I, he's talking about a child in the song. So that's why I was like, left him cold, well, left, left I, you cold and him in grave. I was I think like, well, he's maybe talking he's talking himself. about a kid. He's talking about himself as a child. Kind of left me cold and everything because my mom is gone now and I have part of my soul is gone because she's gone. So right. I think okay. that's where the cold and talking about the child is. He's the child in the song. Wow. I'm surprised wow. you didn't know this is a big Metallica well, fan as you are. Dude, <laughs> these dude, these I, lyrics I just, hit hard because of the subject matter here, man. Well, I mean, you know, the healing hand held back by the deepened nail. I mean, that's some I know, man. It's yeah. dark, dark stuff. Don't mean to jump Regardless in on of the your, concept, uh, yeah. man. Uh, you know, I uh, I do dig the song. I think it's excellent. Uh, outside outside of you know everything else, I gave it an eight. Chris, what do you think? It's my sleeper of the night. Uh, I yeah, love the first off that yeah. Newstead. He oh, the yeah, second half of his album Newstead is shining, man. I love the bass line they let him right. like plow through on this. Uh, but the lyrics, man, this is so lyrically strong. I mean, when you especially knowing the story behind it, uh, man, it's I think it's almost buried a little too deep in the album. It's such a good song. Uh, and I'll tell you, it's I had the thought this morning: how many people are sitting in the ICU right now? This that this song uh, hits home to. with, you know, like they <laughs> sure. wouldn't take the vaccine. I mean, I don't mean to get there either, but like, and it's I mean, this song nails that perfectly. Regardless, uh, sleeper of the night, I think it's a nine and a half. I think it's real close to iconic. I mean, it's not wow. because, but That's man, awesome. I love the song and just the lyrically, it's so powerful. And this is the reason I think a whole lot of this album, uh, you might be viewed as a little anti-religion. I think he felt let down, especially with this, like you know the way that they wouldn't, you know, probably take chemo or whatever for his mom, and, and now it could have saved her maybe, and. and and maybe that's why he had like a bit of a negative opinion toward it all in some of these songs. I don't know, but massive man, wow, yeah. wow, I love Anthony. It. It's a great song. What do you think about it, Anthony? Man, I was going to say that uh, that nasty bass at the start of this will rattle the pews, but <laughs> I, I thought that might be a little sacrilegious, so I held off on it. <laughs> that's not right sacrilegious, on. man. Uh, but you know, I, I love it. This song is. 
it's an amazing song, man. I love the heavy drums, the crunchy guitars, the heavy beat. It's another powerhouse. You can feel Hetfeld's anger all over this song. Seems like he has a point to make, and he does. Kirk's killing on a guitar all the time. Once again, 63rd all-time with 101 plays. And, yeah, from Song Facts, it said, This song is about how people seem to rely too much on religion to help with their problems. When James Hetfield's mother had cancer, she didn't take medication because she believed faith would heal her. Sometime later, she died. So that was sort of what came... Uh, uh, that was one of the things we were talking about before. But another interesting fact, too, on this song, Kirk was very uncomfortable with his, this approach, but he was game and played when he thought were guide solos. In many cases, including this one, his first ideas were the ones that we'd go back to and use when doing overdubs. He learned how to be spontaneous. So basically, Kirk, I think they said Kirk goes more on the feels, so to speak. And Bob Rock wanted them to basically structure. not he do that. Structure. Yeah. More structure. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of where on this song, I guess it kind of shined a little more because he actually gave into that structure. So that was interesting. I re- heard that somewhere that Lars said Kirk would come in and say, well, I'll just do it this way and we'll see how it works. And, you know, and Kirk was like, not on this one. Bob Rock was like, nope, <laughs> we got a structure. They said they really, Bob Rock ran them through the grinder on this one. So. I gotta tell you, I can't imagine how these producers are coming in and telling Kurt Hammett how to do his job. Like, dude, this is. <laughs> but if <laughs> Bob shut the hell up, Bob, I'm playing guitar. But I mean, if that's Bob what I'd Rock, say if I were Kurt Hammett. But see, they wanted to change their sound to more like Motley Crue, and Bob Rock did that on Doctor Feelgood. So like Motley Crue, seriously? That's true. Yeah, I've read oh, that before. Jesus Christ! No. I don't want to hear they, that, man. Come on. No. <laughs> They, I'm serious. <laughs> they wanted what the sound was. The sound of Motley Crue. Yes. They did not want to sound like Motley Crue. They no, wanted okay, the production no, yes. sound of Motley Crue. I should oh say God. it differently. That. Clear it up, please, Lord. <laughs> but anyways, Bob Rock was the guy on Dr. Feelgood. That's why they brought him in. So that's what I was trying to get to. Fair enough. So. Anyway. Just so those listening aren't confused, <laughs> Metallica wanted the production they, quality of Motley Crue. They did not want to become more Motley Crue. Sound of Motley Crue right? They at wanted this more point in their sound career. Of, they were already bigger than Motley Crue. <laughs> well, they want their sound to be more like Doctor Feelgood. That kind of sound is what I got they wanted. And I, I understand why, what you're saying. I'm playing, dude. I'm playing. That's, that's why they hired Bob Rock, and they had to fall in line to Bob Rock. I, I love so. it, man. That is great. That is great. Yeah, yeah Bob was great too. All right, nonetheless, let's go to track number eleven. It's called "My Friend of Misery." Chris.
Go ahead and say it. This is where Newstead shines the most. This is one that he wrote, and it absolutely is fantastic. Uh, the solo on this song is incredible, and whenever they do dig this out live, it is freaking awesome. And even though, I mean, Trujillo didn't write this song, but he's doing it justice when they do still play it to this day. Um, I'm not sure how many the play count is, but they do dig it out on occasion, and it is, it's a fun one, man. It's a fun one. It's, it's actually only 18 plays. Is that it? Wow. That's what it says, wow. 99th all time, so... That's amazing. It's a, I mean, it's a don't get me wrong. It's not one of those fast-paced thrashers. It's kind of just grooving along. Um, I love it. I think it's a, I think it's a great song. I gave it an eight. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I, I tell you, the uh, you nailed with Newstead there, man. He definitely shines, and I didn't know he wrote this song. It makes sense that he did because yeah. it's bass uh, heavy, and uh, I'm glad to see he's finally getting some respect uh, with the band. I, like you said in the last album, he got zero respect. But it seems like maybe they were just putting him through the the business, you know, like trying to, it's his first time out there. But yeah, he, he's very prominent on this album and it's good because he, he's a he's a really good bass player. Uh, I like the heavy groove on this one. It's kind of down-tuned. Uh, again, Hatfield's vocals, always fantastic. They're great on this song. Catchy chorus. Uh, I, I gave it eight and a half. I think, it, I think cool. it's right between very uh, yeah, excellent and great, whatever. <laughs> Whatever our scale is there, but yeah, uh, I don't have much more to say on it. I think it's a really good song. Uh, I mean, this album, there's no duds, man. I mean, it's it it's really solid isn't. all the way through. There's really not many places you can pick uh, at fault with it. So that's a killer, killer. All right, Anthony, what do you think about my friends in misery? Yeah, I'm at an eight. I, I gave it a great myself. Uh, I said this is a a great song. It works. But after the God that failed, it is a bit of a descent from the top of the mountain. <laughs> right. But that doesn't mean this is a bad song. Far from it. Like it, enjoy it. It works. Uh, not much more to say other than that. Uh, song facts. The I said the origins of this song lay in a riff that bassist Jason Newstead brought to the rest of the band. So that kind of backs up your little thing about the bass. So obviously this was more of a Jason song from from just the song facts itself. So, Great one. Yeah. Yeah, I like it, man. I think it's a great song. But that God that failed, you could have stopped the album there, and I'd probably been fine. <laughs> That's such a killer song. Oh, man. we got a thrasher but, coming up though. But the the last two are solid songs too. I really like them a lot too. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, yeah, I give it an eight. It's great. Cool, cool. All right, well, let's wrap this album up with the final track, "The Struggle Within." Chris.
Yeah. So this time, I don't know if you guys caught this. At the intro, it is the tone, the guitar tone from Injustice for All. (laughs) So it's a completely different tone, and then it switches to what the the Black Album Mastery sounds like. Um, I mean, they're going out with a thrashier tune. It's it's definitely a little bit heavier than the previous song, and... um, I think that Fast Furious pace, that's exactly how I need to go out on a record. Um, I love this song. I think it's great. I actually think it's somewhere between great and excellent. I think they ended this one with a banger, 8.5. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, it definitely has a throwback vibe to it. Uh, it feels more like something off one of their earlier albums. Uh, and I enjoy that uh, that kind of that marching military style yeah, right? that they got going on on this one. Uh, again, I didn't even put together that Desert Storm was going on when this album came out, and I'm sure that influenced them to some degree. Right? Uh, yes, yeah, really good pace, and I, actually, the last minute or so, that song just takes off, man. Oh which, God, yeah. Which I, I didn't that get. Solo? That. I mean, there's just so many, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much you can, can grab. I appreciate that as well. I also think they ended with a with a banger. I gave it an eight. Ah, very good, Anthony. What do you think about the struggle theme? I'm right there with you, Chris. I gave it an eight too. I think it's a great song. It's upbeat, energetic. Enjoy the intro, the crunchy guitars, the fast thrashy nature of it. Solid closer, no complaints. I love the guitar solo too. Uh, 17 plays all time, puts it 101st. So that's not a big one for him. So. Sure. But it's on the back of an album, so you wouldn't expect it to be a standout in concert all the time. But you know, this one was written and sung on Metallica's last day in the studio, so that probably oh, wow. had a lot to do with uh, that. Yeah, so songfacts.com. So much good stuff on there, man. So That's amazing, yeah. man. Wow, wow. All right, guys, well, let's uh, let's get our final assessment out of the way here. Um, guys, obviously, uh, my pick, Metallica. Metallica, also known as the Black Album, um, I think, for 1991. This is the last great metal album to come out before the grunge era really took off. Um, I mean, I was 18 years old. We were all 18 years old when this thing came out. And honestly, this record ruled my life for the next three or so years. That's how massive this album was because it transcended years, not albums, years. Um, The tone and mix is nothing short of genius and masterful, although it's arguably the point where many fans were turned off because it was a more commercial sounding in their opinion, commercial sounding or not, this is where I came up with a name for this podcast. Listening to this album really, really makes me think about being in pure, like audible ecstasy. I'm hearing something that is absolutely pleasurable in my ears and it stands the test of time. There's no doubt about it. Overall, this record came out to be a 9.1 for me. And I'm, before I go any further about my final final number, the discussion of selling out continues to come up on this record. And I think Jason Newstead had said it best back in 92 <laughs> or 93. I know where you go. He said, yep, we are selling out. We do it every single night. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. That's all there is to it. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and do this. This is the first time I think I've ever done this. This album's iconic. I don't care what anybody says. In my opinion, in my heart, and what I believe, this is a 10. This is a must-listen for everybody. Whether you're on the fence or not, you got to give this one a fair shake. Listen to the quality and the production, vocals, guitar, drum, and bass, because it's all perfection. And I, I don't know that they've ever had an album sound as good recording-wise. It's a 10 
overall. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, it's hard to believe this album's 30 years old. I mean, it, I can, it it's feels amazing. like yesterday when this thing came out. And right. it did. It, uh, it, this is something we listened to. Like, we wore it out, man. We absolutely yeah. wore it out. Uh, you know, I, I sounded like a broken record a lot tonight. Uh, but the truth is, uh, James Hetfield is, is maybe the best front man in all of metal. I mean, he really is. Uh, and not just with his vocals, which are tremendous. But his songwriting, man, the, the guy, the lyrics on this, I mean, so many songs are just so fantastic. It, it's it's hard to disagree with it, with that at all. I mean, he's just, he's fantastic at what he does. I mean, you know, they kind of went away from the thrash and they down-tuned their guitars a little bit on this. But you do get such heavy grooves on this album, which just make it so much, so enjoyable to listen to. I actually kind of prefer this to the thrash, me, me personally. I, sure. I, I've always kind of been that way. Um, you know, Kurt, Jason, and Lars all have standout moments on this album. Uh, it's cool they let Jason write that one song. I didn't realize that. Man, that bass-wise, that one's a fantastic song. And Lars, man, so there are times when that guy, he really shines on some of these songs, too. Uh, and of course, Hammond, he always, <laughs> his guitar solos, are, that yeah, almost he, goes he without saying, that. right? Yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia with this album. Uh, I... I got a nine one as well, Jimmy. I'm gonna do the same thing you did. I agree a hundred percent with what you said. This is an iconic album, period. It's one of the best in metal history. And there's no there's no low spots on this album, man. It's just it's all just flows so well from beginning to end. I'm giving it a ten. I think it's iconic too. But Fantastic. yeah, when I when I tallied it, it was nine one, but man, it it definitely I was gonna say nine five and I was like, you know, you're right, man. This is a ten. I'm I can't disagree with that. So. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. man. All right, Anthony, you got the final thought. You want to get to me? You know what my final rating was? What is it, brother? 9.1. Are you kidding me? Really? We all three had 9.1s. We all had like different scores for the most part. And I'm that. also bumping it to a 10. I think it's yeah. iconic, man. I really do. I wrote that this is an iconic album in Metallica's discography and probably one of the greatest albums to come out of the 90s. Um, it's timeless and aggressive and one by them I highly recommend. I honestly would put it in their top five, maybe top four all time. Uh, that's something we could also ask here in a second if we got a little extra time. But I think it's that good. Anyone listening to this episode should have no trouble enjoying it. Uh, turn it on when this episode is over. Spin the volume dial till it stops. Um, <laughs> you'll thank me later. So it's kind of the way I closed it. Dude, this is crazy. When you said that all three of us had nine points, I literally just got chills because we all got the same thing. That is crazy. crazy. But yeah. And it's, we did have fantastic. different scores on different we songs. Did. It's, it's crazy did. how it all like worked out. It? Oh, my God. Unreal. Unreal. All right, guys. So that was uh, – I'm glad you all appreciated the listen. I knew it was going to be a fun one. Any kind yeah. of – you know, I, I get it's it. It's like I shooting fish in a barrel, man. Come it on. is, man. It is. <laughs> you know You're this right. one. All right. So uh, this week, uh, before we do our pick, Anthony, what do you got going on this week? Uh. Uh, on, Sorry, cats. I didn't mean to catch you off. You're fine. Now my cat cat's scratching at the door. I was afraid it was coming through the microphone. Oh, no, no, you're so. good, man. Okay. Sorry, Chris, when you get that in post. but uh, Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even hear it, so we're good. Uh, and my wife's upstairs are... putting plates up out of the dishwasher. So I don't know if you guys hear that or not. It's, nah, it's, I can hear oh, it. You're good. Okay. It's just typical morning in a busy household. <laughs> but uh, uh, Song lines and tan lines, uh, three riddles in the sand this week. Doing three songs from riddles in the sand. So Cool. Um and week after that, Jimmy, I'm going to do those two songs you had mentioned, Banana Republics, and I'm going to dive into those. So That's awesome, you guys man. encouraged me to keep going. I was going to take a break for a few weeks because uh, I'm working on my book right now. But uh, I, after hearing the good news and then 
getting back into it. I was like, nah, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. I'm glad we can inspire you a little bit for the, for that because we had, I, dude, that last episode was fantastic. Yeah. And man, it was yeah. movie recommendation, man. Lords of Salem, Rob Zombie is on Amazon classic. prime. Check it out. Uh, it will mess your mind up big time. And I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. I've seen that one before. Chris, you got to check that one. If you haven't seen it, so it's, it's, it's dark. It's that there's not a lot of story to it. It's more about the visuals and the music. I think John five does the music, some of the music. He on does. There, he does. So yeah. well, he's Rob's guitarist, right? That's correct. That is oh, I didn't correct. know that. I didn't know yeah, that. He sure is. He's a Rob zombie band. All right, Chris, somebody's got to pick. And in this corner, weighing in at 165 pounds, it's the blues rock guru, the master of podcast production, and the man who cannot stop the battery. It's Chris's pick. All right, guys, I've got four, four albums written down here. Uh, man, I don't know quite which way to go. I still kind of like on the fence on several of these, but, uh, my daughter asked me to pick this album. She's wanted me to review it on this podcast forever. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you guys hate it, but we're going to do something a little newer. It's, uh, the Arctic monkeys. The album is called AM. It's from 2013. It's probably their most popular album. And she actually might join us next week for the review. So we'll see. It's hard to tell with her. She, she, it's pretty much gone all the time. So, <laughs> but if I can get her home on a Sunday night, she'll she'll join in on this one. But uh, that's where we're going this week. Man, I thought I was going the other way. Well, I've I never too. listened wow. to Arctic Monkeys. I'll have to send me that name again so I remember which of what out was. Three AM is the name of it. No, it's just AM is the name. AM. Yeah. All right, we'll see. <laughs> and it's pretty different than anything we listen to on here. But uh, I think it's you guys will, okay. and it's definitely rock. And I took her to see them uh, down in Raleigh a couple years ago, and I was surprised at how many people our age were in the crowd enjoying the music. So uh, it's it may be a little more uh, age friendly than you might think it is. So cool, man. Well, I'll give it a shot. I haven't listened to this album in years, like I guess since you first introduced to me way back then. So well, I don't no, no, that's not that album. It's uh, this one's from 2013. It's their second to last album. Ah, got you, got you. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've ever listened to them, so we'll see how it goes. Fair enough. Well, guys, let's uh, wrap this up for the week. I know we all got a busy schedule today. So uh, for Audible Ecstasy Podcast, this is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review AM by the Arctic Monkeys. We'll see you then.